Hey everybody, Joe here from the Lions Led by Donkeys podcast. If you enjoy what we do here on the show and you think it's worth your hard-earned money, you can support the show via Patreon. Just a $1 donation gets you access to bonus episodes, our Discord, and regular episodes before everybody else. If you donate at an elevated level, you get even more bonus content. A digital copy of my book, The Hooligans of Kandahar, and a sticker from our Teespring store. Our show will always be ad-free and is totally supporter-driven. We use that money to pay our bills, buy research materials that make this show possible, and support charities like the Kurdish Red Crescent, the Flint Water Fund, and the Halo Trust. Consider joining the Legion of the Old Crow today. And now back to the show. Hello, and welcome to yet another lovely episode of this podcast, A Hell of a Way to Die, slash Lions Led by Donkeys, slash the law cast, or whatever it is that shocks <laughs> us. Uh, uh, and uh, with me today, as always seemingly now, is Francis and Shocks. <laughs> What's up, guys? It's our Thursday night chat. Uh, yeah. Why not record it and and talk some shit? Yeah, we're you know we're just here. We're being our best, Nick. Uh, you know, I've some very strong opinions about whatever uniforms we're going to be discussing, whatever period costume. Um, don't- I'm here to go. Whoa, that's fucked up. And then quote a movie. <laughs> so we're good. You know, it's it's good though. You know, for me as someone who's not in the military and covers military history, but also uh, that sometimes have allegories to uh, what is happening today with the entire inner circle of our federal government catching fucking COVID uh, is my co-host can't always comment on those things legally. Uh, not the way that he would want to, I would imagine. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, allegedly. allegedly. So much in, for in the Minecraft. first fucking amendment. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what about uh, my rights? Nick should just take a gun and shoot his command. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> it, it, as a bit. In, fuck, in Minecraft. Uh, <laughs> in Minecraft. <laughs> well we've uh we've already committed some like conspiracy here so like let's go for fucking rico and uh just kick the shit off it's a, this whole podcast is actually a, a rico front rico um, slander <laughs> uh I, I just hang a jar outside the patreon that says for the cause on it and uh <laughs> that's all i have to do um so i thought uh i we were originally going to do a different episode today um and I think it's a very good one. But then, you know, like I said, the president caught COVID and might die. Uh, so I thought, what if we talked about the time a president actually died from horrible medical care in the most horrific way possible? And that's it, why we're talking about President James Garfield. <laughs> I, I just have to say, like, it is. I, I know people talk about, like, how terrible things are right now. But, like, we live on, like, the precipice of humanity. In, in a way in which, like, if any of us got shot, right? Like, if you if one of us got shot, like, say you take a shoulder shot, you take a gut shot. In the year 2020, you get into an ambulance, and you're probably, if you have a good chance of surviving that. Because the doctors aren't going to do what all the things that Joe's about to describe to you. And, Joe, what, <laughs> what, year, what year are we talking about here? We're talking the late 1800s. Okay, so we're talking like 150-ish years ago. A hundred, like people don't have living memory of that, but we have comprehensive history of it. Like 150 years ago, 
we can tell you everything that happened. We got it all written down. We got newspapers. We got people. We got all that stuff. And that's when they did this weird stuff to people when they're just like, I don't know, he's sad. Put leeches on him and see what happens. <laughs> but I don't know, Francis. If you call 911 when I was a paramedic, I might worry <laughs> that you have ghosts in your blood. <laughs> I mean, part or of it's just though imagine. Is- Joe Joe show, showing up with like a turkey baster full of chicken broth is like he needs more food. Just jam it up his ass. We'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, part of his the humors are off. The whole, the whole thing about this though is I feel like there's always that like weird period of any technology that like you know like because I feel like the 1800s is the part where they, they they had some idea of what the fuck they were doing, but like not like you know like they like you know anesthetics and like you know like amputation and like other stuff, but they hadn't quite gotten there yet. And I just think about other stuff like like. The one that always strikes me is asbestos. And I know that's like not medical care, <laughs> but like the fact that it was like, you know, the the you know, the miracle material that like everyone is gonna make fucking everything from in the future. Like you're gonna have fucking flying cars made out of asbestos in like, you know, nineteen seventy five. And a then libertarian it tur- dream, baby. And then, <laughs> and then it just like turns out that like, oh, by the way, like it actually like, you know, just like murders you slowly through your lungs. Like have fun. Or like I'm, uh I'm- was it uh tri- tritium? That they used to like, you know, paint all the watch dials and everything with, and then oh, it turns yeah. out that yeah, like uranium yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah, and then it like turns out that like all the women in the factory just had their like jaws decay and developed like terrible forms of cancer. So uh, mm-hmm. I guess really what I'm saying is all the people afraid of 5G are probably right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I'm not saying it's a conspiracy job for my cell phone. Like our our right. society's gonna collapse. We're we're gonna find out in like 50 years that the reason all this insane shit is happening right now is because of 5G. And we're all going to look like assholes. <laughs> you know, I'm just always surprised by like how far advanced we are in some ways. Like, you know, in the 1400s and, you know, even before that, you know, in the 1400s, Europeans were uh, going across the oceans. But, you know, Vikings and, uh, you know, people all over were, you know, 500 years ago getting into these massive boats and, and stocking up and, and learning to survive in different lands. And like, you know, the... But at the same time, they thought that you might have a, a demon in your head, and we need to like drill a hole in your skull to let the demon out. Oh like, yeah. How are you a seafaring nation? How are you? How do you have naval wars and just like, what do you get shot? Like, oh shit, we'll get the ghosts out of his blood. Well, or just the <laughs> well, fact I mean, that you you would just be like, oh yeah, it's the uh, I'm the ship's cook and the dentist and the trauma surgeon, and the and, barber and the, the barber, barber surgeon. Uh, yeah, you know, and I'm just uh. Oh yeah, you uh, you got a cannonball like you know right through your fucking stomach in the middle of like a battle. Well, I just lay him out on the table and I'll uh, wipe off my knife at, that I was just using to cut chicken and I'll see what we can do. <laughs> it's it, it's important. We'll talk about this because we're gonna go a little bit about the medical science of the day. But like you know, this is post Civil War. This is damn near nineteenth. You know, the nineteen hundreds. We invented machine guns before we got a handle on like, should we wash our hands? <laughs> so like, and so like, I guess to segue into this, what is what do you guys know this, about our our glorious twentieth president, uh, James Garfield, the the guy who held office for about two hundred days? Uh, I I've always known him as a dude that got assassinated like kind of slowly. Um, and yeah, that's it. Just he, Garfield. Like, what did he do? Like, he died real early, and then, then the other guy. Like, that's his. That's his noted notable. It's like he's just dead. That's what. That's what he did. He died. 
I actually think if more pre- he's like he's known as like the last uh, uh, log cabin Republican and not like the 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 weird republic like gay Republican um, uh, advocacy group, which doesn't seem to understand their party hates them. Uh, but like the fact that he grew up dirt poor and that literally lived in a log cabin. Yeah, uh, he, he's like the, he's considered like the last log cabin president. Um, well, not part- that that's like important, but it's interesting. He literally grew up from nothing, like dirt, dirt poor. Uh, back when there he, was a goddamn American dream. Back when like being dirt poor meant he literally lived on a dirt floor. Uh, and like he back, did get back into politics. Before they came and took it all away. And by they, I mean billionaires. Go ahead. Yeah, those goddamn <laughs> communists took away my dirt floor. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it, it, he's an interesting character because he kind of like just got into politics through sheer hard work and got elected uh, into the House of Representatives. Uh, and he uh, he's from Ohio. He was born in Ohio in the early 1800s. Oh, one of them. I have to unfortunately hate him. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm sorry, Ohio. You're a trash state, but it's okay. We're all trash states, except Hawaii. We're cool. Um, now, even though a lot of the people here like to yeet me into the sea, and they're fully within the right to do so. Uh, <laughs> but um, Joe's a fucking colonizer, again. Yeah, I, I, I hate to do it. You know I think Armenians are some of the only people who can get away with this because, like, where the fuck else are we going to go, man? <laughs> like, nobody else wants us. Uh, it's, uh, he was, he's an interesting guy. He, uh, he managed to, like, actually do hard work to get elected into the House of Representatives, which back then, it was before civil service was a thing. And, like, the civil service reform is, like, one of the few things that he got pushed through as president before he died. Also, um, oh, was he, like, it, it was, a, like, a capital P progressive? Because like was um, not, that, what, not quite yet. Because like um, that, I remember that being like there. that kind of like their thing. At least it was like around here. Like that was like the the wasp response to like all the Irish in Boston was to push through like uh, civil service and a bunch of other stuff. So that way, like you know, the those damn Papists didn't take over the entire city too quickly. <laughs> well, his his reasoning was to get rid of the old. Because this is like the solidly in the Gilded Age where it was pretty much based on like. Uh, you know, being a patron of somebody else, like, you know, the old boy system. And he thought if they instituted some actual tests and stuff, like you could get rid of that um, because he didn't come from anything. So he was like, why the fuck uh, is, you know, so-and-so's second and third cousin just getting a deal, you know, because we've effectively created the aristocracy just without the titles. Um, well, with different titles. Uh, but he ended up... Um, uh, end up becoming a colonel in the Civil War, but you know, back he was a state colonel. So yeah, so he, he was bought a, his way in. He was a national guardsman. Well, that's the thing is he couldn't buy his way in because even though he was in the House of Representatives, he was still poor as hell. Well, I so just think more like it was like it was you know he knew like you know fifteen different guys in the you yeah, know state exactly. government who like you know like oh you know who's a real good guy like uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> This asshole over here, like, I don't know, give him a fucking colonelship and like, I don't know, let's see what he does on the battlefield. He pretty much just went to the governor and be like, I want to fight because he uh, he strongly uh, opposed slavery. He thought it was disgusting, mostly in religious grounds, but also personal grounds. He thought black people were people, which sounds crazy. Right, Revolutionary go, go for the day. Yeah. Now, now like, I'm yeah. sad that he got murked so early. Uh, he was uh, he, he uh, had no money, so he had to kind of like. Tell the governor, like, I'd really like to go fight slavery because, or fight against slavery and go shoot Confederates. Uh, and he never had a single day of military training ever. Uh, but he was immediately appointed colonel. 
Wait, was, <laughs> was Garfield just doing this thing that we all did where it's just like, I got no money, but the army's hiring, so I guess I'll go be a colonel and draw like some... He's like, sweet, I get some sweet benefits here. I get some TRICARE, I'm going to get, you know, a paycheck, I can go, you know, finally put... <laughs> Put some money down on a brand new pickup truck. It'll be great. It's just a bone saw named Tricare. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, I think some of it was for political reasons, though he could have just as easily stayed his ass in office and nobody would have judged him for it. Um, so like, legitimately, Which, he, he wanted not, to have an We're not judging you part. for going to shoot Confederates, Garfield. Please do. No, like, if no you, that's like, definitely congr- a positive. Right, that's cool. Like, it's cool that, you know, it's like Pat Tillman, I'm going to stop playing football and go, fight terrorism except you know it's confederates yeah um and you know like it's it's his unfortunate because it means we're standing a general officer because he's eventually gonna become a general um though like, like i said uh he had no military experience though he uh made his argument with the governor that um like well i've read a lot of military books i found at the <laughs> library oh so he's a boomer um, it's yeah, my, I, I so watched everybody- watch Victory at Sea 15 times, so I think I have a lot of opinions about whether or not uh, gays should be in the military. It's, so- like, it's, it's like the entire the entirety of 1800s America was just that one uncle of yours who's just like, yeah, I could probably do that. I'm fucking white. Sure. I'm white and male and nobody will tell me no. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to be join the army. I'm going to lead a battle. I'm going to fucking win this war. Fuck off. You know, I think. Um- it, it's it's kind of interesting because a lot of military leaders didn't have military experience during the Civil War. Um, like, and how did most of West that turn Point? out? Where's Joe? West Point during all of this? Isn't West Point around? I know no, West Point's a hundred percent a thing. Um, but they, they like <laughs> ah, they both would, sides. Yeah, they they did graduate <laughs> the leaders on both sides. That's hundred percent true. Um, but this is post Civil War, so it's around. But well, no, this is Civil no, this War. Is, so. This is this is this is the Civil War still. So this yeah. is be, so he's been fa- so he's just like trying to fast track. He's trying to do green to gold or something. No, no, no training, zero training. Uh, <laughs> this like, is super common though. Um, like so, he's doing like the Tom Cotton, like Seth Moulton thing, where he's like you know getting some combat experience so he can go like you know boomerang back into political office. Who is, um, who is not that? really. He doesn't have a lot of political ambitions at this point, other than the house, the seat that he currently has. Oh, so are, is, we, are we talking like state house? Yes, he was, oh, a, he okay. was in the he was in the Ohio uh, state house. No, sorry, he was in the House of Representatives at the time. So, like, but he wasn't talking about running uh, for Congress, nothing like that. Okay, um, yeah, but yeah, he was a very minor Ohio representative, and like, so West Point was the thing. They pumped out hundreds of officers every year. But the sudden expansion of the federal army meant there was not nearly enough officers to go around. Sure. So the like no, no ROTC to go through. No, and at the state level, they'd be like, "Fuck it, you can if you have money, you have connections, whatever. You'll become a colonel, you'll become a general, stand up your own regiment. We don't give a fuck. Just go shoot rebels." Um, and that had mixed success, uh, though. Obviously, we won, so like it ended up working in the end. Because I mean, to be fair, most most of these guys. Um, if they if they failed, they would just be fired. They'd be sent home, um, and somebody else would have. I mean, eventually they would learn how to fight, and that's largely true. Garfield's a great example of that. Um, I mean, it's also kind of like you know the Union had a more than a little bit of the kind of the Russian theory of I don't know, just like keep throwing dudes at them, and eventually, like I don't know, maybe we'll wear them down or something, or we'll get better at it. Maybe yeah. one of the dudes will actually be good at something. Yeah, 
You Eventually, know? they'll figure out someone who's good at generaling. And, and I mean, to be fair, he was pretty good. He made general in a year. And, <laughs> and I want to, and you know, again, to be fair, I'll stand him uh, just a little bit more. Like, who, whomst among us has not just been like, yeah, I'm not really qualified for this, but I'm sure I can figure it out. That's like, been yeah, my whole life. Seem, <laughs> like, this doesn't I mean, seem too hard. I could figure it out. And then, I mean, boom, that's like, you're a general. That's like 70% of being a lawyer, if I'm honest. Right. <laughs> you know, people are like, oh, well, uh, you know, do, I, do you think I have like a legal claim here? And it's like, well, uh, eh, maybe. And then you say like, you know, a bunch of words that make it sound like you know what's going on. And then you actually go back to your office and do about like two hours worth of uh, legal research on Westlaw. And then, you know, and then you can actually pretend to be an expert. Hell yeah. That's kind of what, I mean, he did. He found his way into combat, wasn't in direct control. He was subordinate to other generals and stuff. Then he got promoted and he got put on the staff of General William Rosecrans, who was a renowned fucking idiot. Um, And he kind of defeated his own army at the Battle of Chickamauga because he could not give clear orders uh it like he told one side of his formation to do something completely different than the other and then the only so the only thing that law that made the battle of chickamauga not a complete disaster for the union even though it almost was was uh garfield uh garfield kind of like because he uh he ordered his units to pull back rosecrans did uh thinking that everybody else was also pulling back leaving about half of his army to die um and Garfield was kind of had it like just kind of had a feeling in the pit of his stomach. He's like, I have a feeling there's still men fighting. Uh, so he kind of rallied uh like a relief uh, force to go fight out the encirclement, the coming encirclement, and get those men out. Otherwise, he would they would have the Union would have lost an ungodly amount of people. Um, and for that, Rosecrans was fired, and Garfield got promoted again to major general. Um, though he resigned his commission, uh, because he kind of, the guy that was replacing his boss was Grant, uh, and he didn't like Grant, something that will come up again later. Uh, and to be fair, Grant didn't like him, him either. Uh, and he went back to the house of representatives, but I mean, he went from Colonel to major general in two years. And in the same time frame, I went from specialist to corporal to specialist again. So who am I to judge? <laughs> so wait a minute, though. So he just like in the middle of the war was just like, well, that's enough of that. And then. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yep. I mean, because the war isn't over, right? Like Grant. No, it's still absolutely has, not over. <laughs> yeah. Grant still has Gettysburg to do. So he's just like two years is like major general. That's cool. That's good from a shadow box. Time to go on back home. It's just like, what the fuck? And he was actually good. Like, yeah, you he, watched, was, he was good at his job. Yeah. You. You you forget that like in the Civil War there were a lot of absolutely bumbling leaders because it's just like you're connected and have money so you get to do this and all the you know dumb broke people who would have been us are just like you guys go get to get trench foot and you know use broken muskets and shit so it's it's inc- but it's just incredible that he's good at this and was just like no nah, I don't want to do it anymore was uh we're like. Were term of years contracts like things for like officers in the Civil War? No, because I know that like <laughs> well, I just like because I remember like for enlisted, it was you know like particularly the beginning of the war, like people signed enlistment contracts that were like I don't know, like you know like 180 days long or whatever the fuck, and so it was just you know, and they had a problem with that because they would just have to muster dudes out after like you know a battle. Yeah, there's I'm not entirely sure of the normal enlistment contract or draft order for enlisted people, but they can certainly not just be like, you know, I'm good, and then just leave. Um, 
But one of the he's he, he was over it. He openly admitted he did not like combat. Like go fucking figure, dude. Um, but one of the reasons why he returned to government, like, because at first he's like, you know, I'll stay being a general, whatever. But he was worried that state appointed generals like himself, not federal generals, uh, would get shit assignments during and after the war. And he thought um, that going back home and working in government would be better than like getting a station in like, I don't know, Kentucky or something. Um, I tossed Kentucky out there because it's the worst place I've ever been stationed. <laughs> <laughs> and I should point out, I've been stationed at Fort Hood. So what's up, Fort Knox? You're terrible. Um, it, was, uh, it was really funny. A s- small side note. Uh, there's like a, a Civil War fort outside of Fort Knox. And they try to dance around the issue that the fort never saw combat during the Civil War. <laughs> because, like, that makes a really boring, like, museum piece. I was like, so what, because, ba- you know, I was 17 when I got there. So, like, so what battle got fought here? Like, none of them. Anyway, moving on. Like, oh, that's fucking lame. That's like, does anybody want to go visit the fucking coastal guns in Florida? No. Um... But so uh, during this time, it was decided that he should run for Congress. Like Lincoln personally told him that he should return and run for Congress um, because reasons. I mean, shoring up Republicans who wanted to support the war. Um, and, and who were like stridently anti-slavery at that point was yes, probably like a big thing absolutely. for him. Um, it's, it's, I'm not going to go too hard into um, period politics because they're kind of crazy. But, you know, they're, they're considered radical Republicans at the time, which are people who are hardcore anti-slavery, very, very pro-Reconstruction. Um, and, uh, and Garfield was so pro-Reconstruction. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So, like, Lincoln's like, I need this guy in Congress. Um, and also, at the time, Ohio had just been redistricted. Um, so it, his, all of his friends, Lincoln includes, like, yo, all you got to do is run and you'll win. So he tosses his hat into the arena and actually just refused to campaign. Like he's like, I'm not going to go campaign for this shit. I'll hire you to do it for me. And he hired his manager, uh, and that worked. Like, <laughs> I mean, as lazy as that fucking sounds, it that, worked. That's some strong House of Representatives energy right there. For honest, like that's yeah, like some like, real. That's some real. Like you know, giving us few. That JK three would be proud. I'm just saying. See, look. And and now James Garfield is the inventor of the hype man, you know, like he's, just, <laughs> you know, he's just like, hey, Flava Flav, just, you know, go around and, and talk me up and just send send a dude out. Like, I don't want to talk to these assholes. Just wearing a fucking Supreme uh, top hat. <laughs> <laughs> right. He, he created he created the uh, the first uh, MC to, to go out and. Uh, he uh, he did my favorite thing, which is what Mike Tyson did, and that is he paid a guy a hundred thousand dollars a day to bite off his ear, to just stand out in the crowd and yell "Guerrilla Warfare" during press releases, <laughs> uh, and that's a hundred percent something that actually happened. It's one of my favorite Mike Tyson stories. Um, I think the guy's name was Crocodile as well, um, but you know. I, I don't know how he won. I didn't look too hard into the campaign, but I assume his candidate must have ra- uh, ran the worst campaign in human history outside of Hillary Clinton because he lost to a guy who didn't even campaign for his own candidacy. Uh, but he didn't actually take seat in Congress. He was still in the House of Representatives um, because like, there was a huge gap. 
So during that time, uh, like I said, he was a radical Republican, which when I say radical Republican today, that just means you're a Nazi. But in the 1800s, it meant that you wanted to literally punish the South for rising up to defend slavery and their slavers' rebellion. Um, Garfield thought plantations should be seized by the government and redistributed to black people. Rad. Uh, and rebel leaders should be executed on site without, <laughs> without trial. Also rad. <laughs> <laughs> Like, He's like, how how did how did the best president get fucking killed so quickly? It's a a, a reason dumber than you could possibly expect. <laughs> um, and uh, so one of the things that he wanted to do was punish the South so hard that slavery and the concept of slavery would never rise up again. And he, and, uh, he said that if he was in Congress, he said Congress should be obliged to, quote, determine what legislation is necessary to secure equal justice to all loyal persons without regard, without regard to color. I'm sorry, so, I'm still stuck on, like, just, punish him. Yeah. I don't know why they, like, got in my head, but I just, I'm sorry. I had to throw that just, out there. <laughs> He's going to dom the fuck out of the South. Yeah, just like um, absolutely just like spanking <laughs> the shit out of the South. Um, like he was one of the most extreme people in Cong- that would have been in Congress, um, which is awesome. Uh, he, he also supported a change to conscription laws because he hated the conscription laws. At the time, if you say your, your draft number got pulled and you had money, you could pay what was known as a bounty and escape the draft. It would skip down to the next guy in line, which is really fucked up. Um, and to be fair, Lincoln also supported getting rid of this. He just needed support to do it, hence why getting him into Congress. Um, and like the reason why that was still a law, it was like one of those yield things. But also, people in Congress literally didn't have a concept of money. Like they figured that the, the the level of bounty was so low in their heads that uh, like almost anybody could could afford to get them to buy their way out. When in reality, like less than one percent of people could do that. Uh, Garfield noted that when he mustered his regiment, which he had to do himself, uh, mostly out of former students, uh, which is kind of fucked up. But he didn't draft people; like he went to their houses and recruited them. Yeah. Um, he noted that like out of 30,000 people, 1,000 people paid their bounty. Yeah. So like, I mean, yeah, he was pissed. I can only imagine that like, I can only imagine the same situation reoccurring today. Like fucking, you know, like Pelosi and everybody else, like, you know, just reenacting arrested development. Like, I don't know, Michael, like how much going to be, how much going to bounty be like $10? Like, like, I yeah, do, exactly. You know, like, it would be the exact same shit today. It's like Shit's Creek when a guy thinks minimum wage is forty five dollars. But he would not stop ascending politics because you know we're talking about president here. Uh, he would become president in even a weirder way possible than he became a congressman. In eighteen eighty, Garfield had been reelected to his position with the help of his friend John Sherman. Uh, Sherman had not that Sherman, different Sherman, uh, had presidential dreams and intended on running in the upcoming election. Garfield said, "Okay, you helped me get elected. I'll help you get the Republican nomination for president. Now, at the time, the, the Republican Party was rocked by internal infighting and factionalism. Thankfully, something that no longer happens and negatively impacts the well-being of an entire nation. Uh, several of the men who wanted to run for the party's nominations were countered by men who were part of a different faction within the party, leading to nobody being able to secure the party's nomination with enough votes. Um, now, the, the, the factions are largely unimportant. 
Um, like for instance, like Ulysses S. Grant was attempting to run for a third term, uh, which was not illegal. Uh, obviously, FDR became president three times, but Grant tried to do it the first time, um, and he there's a chance that he maybe could have won. And but there's some people who fucking hated him, uh, so uh, they had to go through multiple ballots to see who could get the required number of votes. But do- they went through dozens of ballots between the two front runners, President Grant and a guy named uh, Senator James Blaine. Neither one of them could get the required amount of votes. While there were some outliers uh, like Sherman and who you remember the guy who Garfield is supporting, um, who were not getting even remotely enough votes. So like the the Sherman people quickly changed over to support Blaine. There's other movers and shakers supporting other people, but still nobody had a majority of votes. Now, at this time, a random representative from Pennsylvania casted a single ballot for James Garfield for no apparent reason, other than he seemed <laughs> to be sick of the entire process. <laughs> Political shit posting. I mean, same, dude. Yes. <laughs> um, and like, this is despite that one, Garfield was not running for president, nor had he ever <laughs> spoken openly about a desire to ever do so. Um, like, this happened. So th- this happened, and then like nobody told him about it because like this happened a couple other times. People were like, fuck it, I'll just throw a, a a ballot for this dude. Fuck, I'll throw a ballot for this dude. Uh, but this began to happen more. <laughs> um, in one case, as the convention wore on, a dozen Wisconsin delegates switched their votes to Garfield. Um, and when he heard about it, he was confused and protested. He argued <laughs> that people could not legally vote for him as he was not running and they were voting for him against his consent. <laughs> like, why are you voting for me? Like, fuck it, let's vote for that guy. <laughs> Oh, just trolling someone and, by accidentally making them president. Yeah, like it's important to point out that he didn't subscribe to really either one of the two major factions. He was an outlier. So like backroom politicking took over. Factions within the party were resistant to a third grant term for historical reasons because they figured they like a lot of the reasons why people were historically against a third term as president is that George Washington only did two. Um, so therefore every other president should only do two. Hence why like FDR running and winning a third term, everybody's like, how dare he? And you know, clutch their pearls or whatever. So like a lot of people were historically against that, breaking that taboo, while others were just like, no, fuck Grant, he'll lose. Uh like if he wins the our nomination again, he's gonna lose because he wasn't the most popular president on earth. Um so it was like p- the two sides who hated each other but hated Grant more banded together to throw all of their votes behind Garfield, who, remember, <laughs> was still not running for president. And did not want to be president. And did Fantastic. not want to be president. Yeah. Who do you think would and be he like was telling people if they this. did this now? Like if like it was like actually turned out to be like a split like Democratic National Convention, who would they nominate who like absolutely didn't want to be fucking president? Anybody other than Bernie Sanders, if it's the DNC. No, but like, but like someone that both sides could agree on, but also someone who themselves absolutely did not want to be president. I don't know. George W. Bush at this point. I imagine, <laughs> I imagine every, every politician wants to be the president at this point. Like, yeah. I can't imagine Sorkin. anybody. That's the thing. Like, I can't imagine someone just like really doubling down and saying like, no, fuck you. I'm not going to run for president. What the fuck do you want from me? Well, in the 1880s, they didn't have nuclear weapons that you could fucking rub your dick all over. So yeah, you know, but no I one actually like, like now, does anything with those. Like, I mean, if we nuked people in a greater, you know, 
we followed it's just uh, it's, what's it's the perception it's the japan Ian has entered the chat <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say uh you know unless you want it we're gonna make uh was bappin fucking president so he can just you oh, know, glass, glass russia like he wants to uh, so like at this point, Garfield was like, well, if they're going to vote for me, there's clearly nothing I can do to tell them otherwise. So on the very next ballot, Garfield re- received 399 votes, <laughs> 93 Fucking more than rules. Grant and over the 379 needed to secure the nomination <laughs> for the Republican candidate for president. Oh, that fucking that rock so hard. Uh, Garfield like, was not much, happy with this turn of events. How, how much did people say? just, how much did people just hate Grant back then? Enough. People, really? <laughs> I mean, he was he wasn't a bad president, but he had a, a couple scandals. Um there was also yeah, even back then people were were very much against like the, the breaking of civility rules even in the gilded age were like you're running a third term, how could you? Uh so that turned a lot of people against him. Oh, really? okay. Yeah. Um like Garfield was so unhappy with this. One reporter noted that he quote looked pale as death and seemed to be half-consciously to receive the congratulations of his friends. <laughs> uh, he later told his friends, quote, this honor comes to me unsought. I have never had presidential fever, not even for a day, not even right now. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you all. Uh, this Just accidental presidential... everybody off. Just <laughs> like two birds on the fucking podium. It's like when your friends get the people to sing happy birthday whenever you go out to eat. <laughs> uh, this accidental presidential candidate went on to win the general election, seemingly becoming the first president to become president against his will. Um, thankfully, that would which never happen to the Republican Party ever again. <laughs> which honestly might end up being like means he's the only like non-sociopath to have ever become president in this country. He... He seems relatively put together. Um, like, even though he didn't want to be president, he ended up becoming a decent one for at least the short time he was president. Uh, like, for instance, there was something called the Star Route scandal that popped up. Uh, in without going into uh, the the pins and needles and whatever of it, is like various members of the government, to include both the Democrat and Republican Party, were buying and selling postal routes out west for a huge profit. Something that was considered very illegal for them to do. Um, rather than do the normal thing and gloss over all this and get his own money, because remember, this is the Gilded Age, he ordered a full investigation into, into the uh, scandal, not even sparing the people in his own political party uh, when it came to holding people accountable. Uh, but because he was a seemingly decent man, that meant, of course, that something terrible was going to happen to him. You know, I am starting to... I've always, I've always held fast to a theory that the best person to be a president is a person who doesn't want to be president. And now I'm upset that, you know, Garfield dies and I don't get to either be correct or incorrect about that. Yeah, see, like a full four years of it. Because I, feel, I really do think that, you know, I agree with you. That, there, you know, the only person you could ever trust to be president is someone who absolutely doesn't fucking want to. Yeah, and I mean... For- I don't know what uh, he was. He was in office for less than a year, so it, it's impossible to say. Like maybe he'll do something awful later sure. on. There, there's no telling. Um, but it, it sounds like if you're going to make, if if there was a guy to become president against his will in the 1880s, I guess James Garfield is kind of your guy. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, and like on July 2nd, 1881, Garfield is walking through the Baltimore and Potomac train station, something that no longer stands from my understanding, 
and he was planning on leaving Washington, D.C. for a family vacation in New Jersey. I assume because he hated his family and wanted to subject them to New Jersey. <laughs> uh, also, like, it's bonkers to me to, like, just picture a president calmly walking through a fucking train station, like, just on his own. Just, like, uh, yeah, just, just hanging out, getting a fucking hot dog, you know, like, going to Sbarro, <laughs> like... Does presidential security exist now? Like, does the Secret Service exist? Kind of, sort of. Some form of, yeah, it it kind of exists because this is after Lincoln got shot. Um, Right. So so security exists, but not even to the, because Garfield wouldn't even be the last president shot in the next couple of years. So, like, you know, like, presidents were lousy with bullets at this point. Yeah. There's a a steep learning curve. And this is like, we just got to stop getting, if we could get the presidents to stop getting shot, guys, that's our goal here. Well, yeah, it's like because it was the, the odds it was, this happens again. It right? was the Pinkertons, right? right? Like it was like that was the that was the genesis of the Secret Service was the Pinkertons. And if the, I remember Garfield correctly. had some body uh, some bodyguards, but not not really. Like yeah. they didn't go with him everywhere because like they didn't think that it was necessary. Um, yeah, uh, it's unfortunate. Um, but that, while he was at the train station, a guy named Charles Guteau appeared. Uh, Guteau was a former Garfield supporter. He had worked and wrote for the Republican Party, like writing like fluff pieces during the election. He's a, a, effectively, a, I don't know, he, he worked for the equivalent of like One America News, um, writing like just very, very pro-Republican pieces, uh, like making rhyming posters and stuff, a very minor shit. Um, but he came to the conclusion that he was personally responsible for the election of Garfield as president. Uh, so he is, you know, um, Charlie Kirk, I guess. I don't know. No, he's uh, Jack Pasebic. <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's piss boy Jack. Yeah. Um, so hoping to bank on this totally devoid of reality idea that he had floating around in his head, he wrote countless letters to the White House after Garfield's election um, and to the party, demanding to be appointed to a position within the government, like some kind of consulate or something like that. Um, but just to be clear, Garfield had no fucking idea who this guy was. Either did anyone in his staff. Um, though uh, apparently he bothered, um, I believe it was Garfield's chief of staff, so often in the street over this that he did eventually get to know who he was, just as the crazy guy who wouldn't stop yelling at him. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, but we've all been there. Banking, yeah, I mean, who hasn't yelled at a member of government so often in the streets they learn to know your name and face? I mean, that's um, actually like a goal that I have for the coming fiscal yeah, year, if I'm honest. Everybody should. Yeah. In real uh, life every, shit posting. Yeah. Every politician <laughs> should have, have what, that one person to like, ah, oh, fuck. Or like a and town, a, had a neighborhood, a whole city. <laughs> like. <laughs> um, but he was banking on this job. Like, there was no idea of a doubt in his head, right? Like, he wasn't like, you know, I need to have a plan B or a plan C should Garfield told me to go fuck myself. So, like, he's like, no, I'm going to get this job. So he quickly ran out of money. He was broke and living on the street. Um, Something that he personally blamed Garfield for. Um, So that morning when Garfield was hoping to jump on a train and go hit the GTL on the Jersey Shore, uh, Guteau was waiting for him. And Guteau spent like the last few dollars that he had on a British Bulldog revolver solely because he liked the way it looked and he thought it looked cool in in a museum because he knew that's where it'd end up when he shot the president with it. I mean, uh, and he was right, too. To I mean, you know, we like, need we need more historically forward thinking assassins. <laughs> I'm actually sure that's I, I feel like that's the revolver that the NYPD posted that they obfuscated <laughs> from someone a couple days ago. 
Uh, I can't comment further on what Francis said because I think the Secret Service will bust through my window. <laughs> um, now you're in Hawaii. It's fine. It's the Secret Service. Just they're wearing Aloha shirts. Uh, so that's just, that's just a Guto, I think, boy. I think those are just Boogaloo <laughs> boys. Yeah, not in Hawaii. I keep saying this. They're, like they're just shirts here. <laughs> you, like. Uh, Hawaiians won't stand for white people stealing one more thing from them. Uh, so Guto busts out of the crowd, drew his pistol, and shot, Gar- shot Garfield twice. Uh, one bullet grazed his arm, and the second hit him in the back, passed by his spine, and burst through his first lumbar vertebrae and lodged in his abdomen. Um, Garfield collapsed, remaining conscious, uh, but unable to stand, mostly because the bullet had just blasted through his back and screamed, my God, what is this? <laughs> I, I, I wanted to make some kind of Garfield joke that's like, I really don't like Mondays. <laughs> but then I realized that like, the president got shot in the spine. So like maybe, I don't know. No, John, okay, with you it. Got John it. Arbuckle was nearby. <laughs> it's so sad too, because this is, this is the president of the United States. And yet, when you Google Garfield, it is all orange cats that love lasagna. <laughs> you know, it's, it's unfortunate because that Garfield was president of the United States for 201 days. So he was a you know, longer time than, than James Garfield. Um, and like when he got shot, Garfield thought he was going to die. So like when doctors arrived, he told them to like, ah, leave me alone. I'm fucked. Like, don't bother with me. Uh, but, he, but he wasn't. He survived. Um, immediately anyway uh, and he came under the the care of dr willard bliss now i should point out i'm saying that name doctor because that was his first name <laughs> <laughs> oh. his name was dr willard bliss uh he he was a civil war surgeon so he actually was a doctor like so his full name was dr dr willard bliss um Though being a doctor in the 1800s is like more of a vibe, you know, like it was like you learned from on the job training. So, so I just have to break in for a second and say that there was actually someone in my law school who was named, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, was named Stanford Law. No fucking way. And I did not go to Stanford uh, (laughs) or a school that was close to that, like in like legal rankings. So like. That must have been a real the fuck disappointment for his parents. You got immediately got to change my name to fucking Boston Community College. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Knights at Suffolk, you know, like that's not, it doesn't have quite the same ring to it. I don't know. DeFry is a really nice last name. <laughs> got, a very, got a very French sound to it. That's why my middle name is University of Phoenix. Uh, now, <laughs> Joe IPT Tech Kasabian. <laughs> Um, now the standard for the day, like we've talked about before uh, about, uh, the, uh, what kind of medicine we're talking about. Uh, and it mostly involved like, like germ theory wasn't a thing yet, but it was bad. Um, like, and I need to point out that Dr. Bliss was bad. It was a bad doctor, even for the day of bad doctors. Um, during the civil war, when 99% of his job was hacking off limbs with a saw, he simply ran away from his own medical tent and fled the battle. Uh, leaving thousands of soldiers without medical care. To be fair, I'm not entirely sure if that's a negative for the soldiers who are wounded or not. Um, and then, like he he wrote home saying that like there was a savage battle. I am unhurt because he left out the part where he's like because I ran away. Um, 
Uh, it, but this is the 1800s. Word didn't travel far about him being a bad doctor. And he was eventually appointed to what else? What other position could he possibly be appointed to but the head of a Veterans Affairs Hospital? <laughs> now, like, the VA didn't quite exist yet. So this is like a hospital for veterans. But it's a VA fucking hospital. Like, he was appointed personally by Lincoln uh, because people told him that he was a good doctor. So, like... I guess back then when nobody could just like Google your name and realize like that you're a huge idiot, um, that just your reputation is all that matters. Uh, And he had a good reputation that he spread mostly from himself. Like he could not shut up about how great he was as a doctor, even though literally anybody he worked with had the exact opposite to say. So this Um, is just like the hype beast episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah, We're hyping our way into the presidency. We're hyping our way into becoming like a doctor. Like, we're just, we got a hype man, and that's how we're getting through life. You know, yeah, it's, it's a hustle and grind lifestyle. It reminds me a lot of, there was this guy, I cannot remember his fucking name, somebody will probably be able to do it, that uh, made up MMA championships for himself and, like, put them online in the early 2000s, like, just when UFC was becoming a thing, just when MMA was really born in, the, in like, to the collective consciousness. Um, and he was like blowing himself up online about how good he was. And he actually talked himself into a professional bout and got fucking annihilated within seconds. <laughs> like you have to admire the hustle, but you don't buy into your own grift. Right. <laughs> There's a point where the propaganda has to stop even for yourself, man. Yeah. Um, n- not if you're Dr. Willard Bliss, however. Uh, because To be fair, he seemed good enough at logistics and paperwork because... He ran his, his hospital well, um, but he was apparently thought of high enough that when Lincoln got shot in 1865, someone's like, I know a doctor. We have to go get Dr. Bliss. So he ended up as part of the staff working on President Lincoln's gaping head wound. Um, so, so he's got experience in holes in president. That's right. Um, <laughs> though, if you read Bliss's accounts, he was the head doctor for Lincoln, but he actually didn't do anything. The head doctor is a guy named Charles Leal. Um, Get it? The who, head doctor? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, God damn it. I hate it. Um, and, but like Leal was like a humble dude. And also remember, Lincoln died. So there wasn't really anything to brag about. Um, I mean, he was shot in the fucking head. So of course he was going to die. Yeah, but details. Like, uh, but Bliss wrote endlessly about how much work that he did on Lincoln. Um, but, you know. Spoiler alert, Lincoln did not survive. Um, But Bliss just stood in the room. And when the media came calling, he was more than willing to talk about how great he was and how how much work that he did on Lincoln. So this made him into something of a minor celebrity. Nobody digs inside presidential holes like I do. Nobody Nobody fingers that brain quite like me, Uh, which he he did do. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about that later on, though. now, <laughs> the old became, brain fingering. That's right. Um, he had like he was gilded age popular in certain circles. Like people knew what his name was, so he used that newfound fame to do what else? Sell fake cancer cures. <laughs> <laughs> He's fucking Ben Shapiro's brain pills, um, and like it, it was like. Uh, one of those like this will fix phlebotomy and 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 toxic blood cancer and things like it. It was like literally snake oil and morphine um, and like some cocaine. 
It didn't. It didn't have fucking shit in it. Uh, it, it was literally water, like so much so that the American Medical Association at the time charged him with quackery. <laughs> um, and like it, it dented his reputation. But like I said, word doesn't travel, so he was able to just like shrug it off. Um, yeah. So it's it, not like there's an internet. You can just like say fuck it and move to move a state away, or just go start a new state and be like, look, I'm the best doctor in this state that I just invented. Yeah, exactly. And like, every, so anybody in the know knew this guy was a bit of an idiot and a quack. Um, but most people didn't remember or care because he's just a fucking doctor. Uh, but one person did know about him and had nothing but good things to say about him. And that was when Robert Todd Lincoln, the son of President Lincoln, mm. remembered him as the kind and talented doctor who worked on his father in his dying moments. Robert Todd Lincoln also happened to be President Garfield's Secretary of War. So when somebody Wait, yelled out, yep. <laughs> Fuck. So w- when somebody yelled out, the president's been shot, Lincoln was the only dude in the room who just happened to know a guy. He was like, I got a guy for this, specifically <laughs> yeah. just for this. I got a president gunshot wound guy. <laughs> Unfortunately, there a third one that he was, he was around for? Yes, the one after this. Was that, um, was that and- McKinley? Yeah, and yeah. after that, he refused any and all presidential summons. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the the curse of, the curse of the lion, but it's it's one of the Lincoln sons. The dude's the death note, but for presidents. Um, also, like which, you imagine, like, like can you imagine seeing that happen twice and thinking, you know who I want in my fucking White House staff? Someone dig up Robert. Todd Lincoln and just chuck his skeleton into the front yard of Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> uh, so unfortunately for Garfield, um, uh, Dr. Bliss ended up becoming his head physician. Now, Garfield, who was conscious this entire time, also knew of Dr. Bliss as the guy who worked in the Veterans Hospital. And also they knew them. He, they knew each other from the war. And from what Garfield knew about medicine, which was nothing, he was a good doctor and a solid guy. So when he heard Bliss was in charge of his care, uh, he was relieved, thinking that a not-insane person would be tending to his wounds. Unfortunately, he would be very, very wrong. Uh, So Garfield was moved to the White House for treatment. Now, if you're thinking, that's not a hospital room, how could you sanitize a White House bedroom? Well, cleanliness was not an accepted part of American uh, medicine at the time. Neither was sepsis prevention or germ theory. Hmm. Uh, so a doctor named Joseph Lister had actually introduced the concept of washing your hands with something just as simple as water before touching patients all the way back in the 1860s. But it was uh, not widely adopted and people thought it was ridiculous and was considered a pseudoscience by the AMA. And at the time, the AMA actually had a belief or had a policy that if you um, engaged in any of these pseudoscientific beliefs or what they considered pseudoscientific beliefs, you no longer be certified by the AMA. So if you washed your hands as a point of practice, you would be decertified. Hell yeah. Now just remember that when I explain literally everything else that happens to <laughs> President Garfield. Um, now, I should point out that Bliss was dirty pretty much all the time, even not when he was taking care of patients. Like People noted that his jacket was always filthy and stained. Uh, and this is like just how he waltzed into his treatment room. Like he was pig pen, but PhD or MD, sorry. 
but what was normal for the day was anesthetic. Anesthetic had been around for quite some time now. I mean, granted, it was something as simple as like chloroform or morphine or opium, but Bliss didn't use that either. Okay. He th- so throughout all of this, I'm going to say it countless times, Garfield feels everything. <laughs> he has not been given any anesthetic, and he's been shot hours ago now. So my dude's um, just like lying on the table in the like in the White House, not in an actual hospital, with yep. dude with like mustard stains on his fucking blazer, <laughs> like wandering in, who's just like, I don't know, like let me feel around in there with my like you know, I just finished jerking off ten minutes ago, like time to just like go digging around your gut wound and just has like fucking rib sauce all over his hands. Sorry, gotta wipe these off real quick. Like well, I mean, what did he what did he learn from the the Lincoln assassination? As we know, absolutely nothing. <laughs> well, they jammed fingers into his brain. It's like, well, let's do the same thing. Yeah. See, see what well, happens. Yeah, and that is part of science at the time. So when Garfield was in the treatment room, Bliss jammed his unwashed fingers into the president's wound, trying to find the bullet. All while Garfield was still conscious and feeling everything. Now, a key principle behind this probing was to remove the bullet because it was thought at the time that leaving buckshot or slug or whatever in a person's body led to problems uh, ranging from, quote, morbid poisoning, which is a condition that does not exist, to nerve and organ damage just by virtue of it being inside of you. Bliss learned this because he watched the treatment of President Lincoln. It was shot in the fucking head and that did not matter. Now, of course, um, anyone who has been shot or has, has shrapnel or even something as simple as you know a splinter inside of them knows that having these things lodged in your body isn't actually important unless it's pressing against something important, say like an organ or your spine, and it's causing more damage. Um, what's more important is the trauma that it causes on its path to do so like... I treated gunshot victims before in my ambulance. I did not jam my goddamn hand into them looking for the bullet. Neither did the doctors once we got into the hospital. That's not what you fucking do. Unless you watch movies, which I'm assuming is what Bliss did for his education, even though movies hadn't been invented yet. Um, so <laughs> Just like a Bliss, pictogram? Like. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Black Hawk Down, but like in a, in a flip book. A, f- a flip book of someone digging through like Lincoln's head, like his fucking brains. <laughs> Brain fist. Um, oh, metal! Oh, oh, sweet! That was a solid metal sweet band metal name. Right name. Yeah. yeah, I back yeah. that. Hell yeah! Put that on the list after fucking Corpse Road. <laughs> um, now, uh, so this whole time he's rapidly fingering this guy's back because remember that's where the <laughs> hole is, um, <laughs> and he's trying to find the bullet, which he's never going to find because, like, I don't know how big this dude's fingers are, but he was shot in the back, and the bullet ended up on the left side of his body in his abdomen. Uh, So he never found it. He was never going to come close. Um, So he believed that the only important thing was finding this bullet and removing it. However, Bliss would not find this bullet and he would just kept on fingering Garfield's back with his gross hands, which are only getting grosser at this point. Um, (laughs) Just picturing him like wiping off his hands to like go eat, but not like after, like not vice versa. Oh, he's never rub- washing his hands at any point. So, like, he's just cross-contaminating the entire White House. Um, and so Garfield told the doctors that he didn't feel good, and he was losing fe- uh, feeling in his legs and feet, you know, from being shot in the fucking vertebrae. Uh, th- this surprised Bliss, because he didn't know what that could possibly mean. <laughs> 
It should be noted that people knew what your spine did at this point in time. <laughs> <laughs> like, like they didn't compl- they, like they didn't have map like they have like nerve maps or anything, but it was roughly understood that like spinal injury would cause paralysis at various points. <laughs> um, like I, like the science isn't exact, but like if you take a bullet in your spine, you know why you're paralyzed. Um, but he didn't really care. He ignored that and just went on to kept trying to find the bullet. Um, so this brings up something else. Unlike what most people think or believe uh, or see on TV, unless you're familiar with the concept, bullet entrance wounds are very, very small. Um, like normally it's exit wounds that are blown out and, and, and awful. Entrance wounds are normally very small, uh, especially at close range. So Bliss came to the conclusion that the the bullet wound was simply too small for him to find using his fingers. Oh no! Um, oh no! No no! So, it's not. So, it's not. <laughs> he began to cut away at the wound, making it larger and larger. Eventually, shoving his entire fucking hand into the president's back. Remember, the wound is in his back, so the president's laying on his stomach, getting literally impaled by this dude's fist. So now. Joe, I, I just want to be clear, uh, just to make sure we're using the right, correct terminology. So now, as a paramedic, does this count as blowing out his back walls? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I want to make sure I'm using the correct medical terminology here. You know, it's it's very important to me. Mister Bliss, blow out these back walls. <laughs> um, so he's feeling his guts in reverse. Um, and, I, and I have to say, like, without seeing his autopsy reports, I couldn't find them. I only could find notes. But he's causing literally just so much damage to, like, to President Garfield's insights, who is somehow still alive. I could just picture um, him, like, being like, no, we need to open this up more. And he just, like, gets the revolver and just starts blowing more holes. <laughs> Shoot a couple more bullets in there. See if you can go find the first one. Yeah, I need to, the like, you o- know, the only it'll be thing the same- that could stop a bad bullet is a good bullet. It's, it'll follow the same path of travel. It'll be fine. Like, you know, if we shoot him again, we'll know which way the bullet went. Uh, yeah. Um, so by the time <laughs> Bliss was done cutting, he had opened a 20 inch long incision, beginning at his ribs and extending all the way down to his groin. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to split this monkey open. <laughs> just like flayed him open like he's a fucking deer. Um, and I, nobody's washing anything. This is on like a kitchen table in the, in the fucking White House. So this wound eventually became a giant pus-filled gash of human flesh. Like, and it smelled rancid. Like people in the room were vomiting. So just pus and infection and like a weeping wound on top of people vomiting everywhere as a ma- normal matter of in, course vomiting into the wound just like <laughs> this will help me find it celebrating peel back the skin celebrating halloween by carving a fucking <laughs> jack-o-lantern in the president's stomach <laughs> it's like two doc two doctors one bullet <laughs> <laughs> fuck <laughs> So, to the surprise of, I assume, everyone in the room at this point, Garfield began burning up with fever. Something that happens when people have fucking sepsis. Um, Now, for people unaware, sepsis is a literal full-body systemic infection that you get from everything I've just been talking about. (laughs) Uh, 
So the people around Bliss, not Bliss himself, became concerned by this, you know, the fever that's going to kill him, um, and wanted to bring the president's temperature down. Bliss ignored them, thinking they had no idea what they were talking about. I guess, like, thankfully, they just, like, got some uh, Army Corps of engineers to, like, build a weird fan that blew uh, air over a block of ice. But, like, you know, if, if this is, like, a hot summer day, which it was, like, it's summer in D.C. now, so, like, it's gross and humid... But, like, that wasn't the problem of why he was overheating. He was overheating because he was dying from the inside out. Uh, but, like, I guess points where points are considered or, or something. Um, and this is when some weird shit happens. Bliss enlisted the help of Alexander Graham Bell, the inventor of the telephone. <laughs> Look, I've brought, I have brought this up. Because Alexander Graham Bell got brought in for a lot of things. Alexander Graham Bell was the only smart person in like three states that anybody could think of, and that's why. Yeah, he, got, he would get called in for all kinds of shit. This is like the real life version of like whenever anyone posts, like you know, in the name of that man, Albert Einstein. <laughs> like except you just bring in fucking like Alexander. Like I feel like it's like I feel like that's why we ended up with the character of like this smart dumb guy that we have. That's like now like fucking uh like Elon Musk or someone like him. Because we have this, like, historical tradition of just being like, I don't know, he did, like, one smart thing once, so, like, let's get him to consult on everything else. Like, hey, he invented the telephone, uh, I don't know, uh, what do you feel about, how do you feel about stomach surgery? Like, how bad oh. could he fuck it up? Yeah, or they, br- or they would bring him in for, uh, for, for bridges. Like, yeah, you can do, you can do engineering too, right? Yeah. And, like, let's, let's also not forget that he electrocuted an elephant to death, so... <laughs> <laughs> So like that was Edison. A, that was Edison. That was Edison. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was Edison my, using direct. That was Edison using his opponent's um, direct current. electrical current to like look how dangerous it is. Yeah. Um, but so I have to put out Alexander Graham Bell is the only smart person in this entire story. Um, he had come up with a device known as the induction balance. Pretty much what it is a metal detector. Um, but he believed that he could locate the bullet within the president using. Electricity and magnetism. He had a metal detector. Oh, good. Oh, good. A magnet. I'm sure that'll really help. What do you want to do when you have someone who has, you know, shrapnel or, uh, you know, like a bullet wound or something inside of their flesh is to just put a really strong magnet right on the other side. Yeah, it's just Alexander Graham Bell going up to the present and just placing uh, like refrigerator magnets all over him until they stick. And he's like, I found it. Um (laughs) But, like, to be fair, the induction balance did work. He had tested it on multiple Civil War veterans and located, like, metal and shrapnel within their bodies. Um, so, even though it sounds kind of ridiculous, he's like, I'm going to use electricity to save your life. Um, like, there was basis in reality. And he had done, like, he, he, if you're to measure it by, like, what we consider rigorous scientific studies today... No, it didn't pass. But like for the late 1800s, this shit was science. In comparison to everything that Bliss was doing, this is fucking cutting edge. Um, so Bliss was wary of letting anyone else care for the president for fear of them stealing his glory for being the guy who took care of the president. <laughs> so rather than let Bell use his own invention, Bliss hijacked it, fucked with it a few times, and decided the newfound technology just simply didn't work. <laughs> Um, now there's a very good reason why this didn't work. One, he, so he thought the bullet was lodged near the president's liver. So he had no reason to believe that, mind you. He just thought it was. 
Uh, so he only used the induction balance over that particular area. Like, yep, didn't find the bullet, doesn't work. Also, Graham Bell told him like, hey, you can't use this on a mattress because mattresses back then all have metal springs in them. It's going to fuck it up. You have to take them off the mattress. He didn't do that either. Um, so, so the induction balance didn't work. Now, probably the funniest thing about all of this is that the x-ray machine had been invented five years before <laughs> and would have absolutely found the bullet. Um, now, x-ray machines were still rare and very expensive, but there was one in Washington, D.C., um, and the only reason they didn't take him to it is Dr. Bliss thought it would be unsafe to move him. Now, after declaring moving him from that bedroom unsafe, he immediately jammed his hands back into his affected wounds. Well, yeah, I mean, you had to clean him out. I mean, you didn't want to, like, you know, uh, just touch your hot dog without, you know, cleaning uh, your hands by putting him in the president's stomach first. <laughs> At this point, it's just him with a bucket bailing out pus and infection. <laughs> <laughs> We're losing him. We're sinking. It's uh, actually how, Navy, up. It's how Navy corpsmen were invented. This was uh, <laughs> <laughs> just coring out the present to use as a canoe. <laughs> now, I, I do <laughs> have to Teddy say this Roosevelt. again. <laughs> um, like at this point, Garfield's burning up with fever, but he's still conscious enough to feel most of this. But his fever had gotten so bad, he was starting to become confused um, because his brain was frying from all the infection. Now, uh, that's what that's yeah. what happens when you have sepsis. Joe, I want to I want to get a, a a time hack here. Like, how long at this point we've got Edison and the metal detector? How long has it been since the shooting? Uh, a couple months. Okay, uh, it's, so it's been is, about a month. No, it's been about a month at this point. So my man, like you got it. You got to hand it to Garfield. He's got he's got all this shit happening, and he's still lingering. You know, any yeah. one of us would have just died. Oh yeah, Garfield's tougher than shit, and everybody's like noting like people who aren't Bliss because this whole time Bliss assumes he's still alive because of his medical treatment. Everybody else is like, "God damn, this guy won't die!" Right? Like if they had done nothing, if literally they had just done nothing except like put a put like a because there's no exit wound, right? The bullet was just in him. Yeah. So if they had just like patched him up and just been like, I don't know, sit there for a couple of days, and we'll bring you some food, and if anything kind of moves weird, we'll do something about it. And he probably would have lived. Yeah. At yeah. least he would have had a better chance. Most um, modern historians and doctors believe that if, and I mean, like, I hate to, like, take um, modern stuff and throw it in, into, into history, but using science of the day, which, re- remember, hand-washing does exist. It's just not widespread. So if you had a doctor who just washed his hands and just patched up the bullet hole, there is a possibility he lived, um, though nobody really knows because, like, by the time he died, and we'll talk about this at the end, so much damage had been done to the inside of him. Nobody is really sure how much the bullet did. Right. So, like, <laughs> because but, they'd hauled uh, him out to make him a, a fucking canoe, and so they, like, they <laughs> yeah, did, like all of his like he's just like sitting there like with all his organs next to him, like in the fucking room at this point, just in a pan. And someone's occasionally pouring water over them. I mean, it does, like I would have been moist. like, I would have been like trying to like you know get my bodyguard's gun at that point and just like putting a bullet in my head, like you know, versus having <laughs> like that, you know Doctor What's his nuts, like you know dig his fucking like 
you know, like fist my fucking spleen for like another day. Yeah, but then you put <laughs> you put a you put a bullet in your own head, and then you wake up with a finger inside of you, you know, getting brain fingered. Like, god damn it! Can I please just die? At a long enough timeline, we all get our fucking we all guts get, fingered by Doctor Bliss. We all get brain fingered, which which is the name of my ska band. <laughs> Hey everybody, we're Brainfinger, and uh, this is our fucking trumpet lineup. Um, <laughs> everybody just sk- fucking skate dancing around the President Garfield as he's getting his guts fixed. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! I'm gonna make the intro Mighty Mighty Boss Tones now. Yes, do it. Uh, it's gonna take—I don't even know how long. Um, I really just want Nate it. to have to listen to a bunch of different Boss Tone songs. Like it's going to really take over an here. hour for someone to figure out what this joke means uh, when they <laughs> listen to the intro. But uh, so by this point, the, the present was starting to slip. Um, he was getting confused because his fever was so bad. And like he's, you know, hopefully some of his pain receptors had died at that point for his own sake. But with this came another problem. The president was no longer eating. His appetite was becoming, beginning to fail him after have weeks of having his guts fisted by a doctor while his flesh was reduced to frothing pus. Um, like, at this point, he had lost nearly 100 pounds. Um, and he was a big dude. Like, he was in his mid-200 pounds when he got shot. And, like, he was a, he was a solidly, like, fucking... He was a big boy. Um, absolute dump truck ass uh, on President Garfield. Um, so... Dr. Bliss began to brainstorm ideas to get the wounded president and to eat. Um, so normally, I shouldn't have to say this, but I do, because I have to explain why this is insane. What's happening next is insane. <laughs> um, to eat, you put food in your mouth, and the only way food is ingested <laughs> is via your stomach. Um, now, this cell sounds obvious, um, but this was also known, known medical knowledge of the day. Uh, like it was established medical fact <laughs> that you could only eat through your stomach. Um, I know like this is a low bar we're talking about here and Dr. Bliss did not cross that bar. He decided to hit human anatomy and biology with the Uno reverse card and pump food directly up the president's asshole. Um, oh, just- this sub- <laughs> Just butt-chugging cheeseburgers. Like. Um, I got some good news. I have the exact recipe. Yes! <laughs> and Joe so will be trying it, it now. No. You know what? If, if, the, if the Patreon hits $10,000 a month, I will butt-chug this mixture. <laughs> because at that point, I don't have a job anymore, so why not? Um, so... This surprised everyone else, um, to include like all the other doctors. Now, this, the science he was going on at the time, a science that does not exist. It was long since disproved. Um, and it was the idea that if he pumped food directly into his lower intestine, his lower intestine would then pull it into his stomach to be digested. <laughs> that is not how the human body works. Ah, the old reverse sphincter. Yeah. <laughs> Many people forget um, about that. And that is how we went ahead with what I assume is the first and only presidential butt feeding. (laughs) Uh, I've been doing this show for almost three years. 
I did not think I was ever going to type that sentence. And, <laughs> and that goes for the rest of this episode. Um, so Garfield had, ble- or uh, sorry, Dr. Bliss blended up meat, beef extract, and blood for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and forced it through a tube up the president's <laughs> asshole via a small hand-operated pump. <laughs> This is actually how Jordan Peterson is being kept alive right now. I just, I just imagine all those. Oh, Michaela, please don't shove the tube up my ass anymore. Just imagine all those old cartoons where they've got the bellows from the uh, from the fireplace, just like the boofing bellows. <laughs> Oh, that's my ska band name is the Boofing Bellows. Uh, so in case anybody was wondering what Bliss's recipe for butt beef was, I have it for you because he wrote an entire pamphlet about this. Quote, beef extract directions infuse a third pound of fresh beef finely minced in 14 ounces of Cold soft water to which apply a few drops of muratic acid and a little salt, I assume for taste. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) After digesting for an hour or a quarter of an hour, strain it through a sieve and wash the residue with five ounces of cold water, pressing it to remove all soluble matter. Um, This is applied... In two ounce doses for four every four hours. So this is and beef infused water. Okay, this I was is just... liquid beef. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst fago flavor on earth. <laughs> just because someone is. Okay. I'm losing it, man. <laughs> oh, we haven't gotten we haven't even gotten to discussing how it all comes back out, man. <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. This is Just actually because- the, this is actually the recipe that's used to keep the royal family alive to this very day. <laughs> this is the Peter Thiel method. <laughs> Uh, just because somebody is eating via their asshole, however, does not mean you can't have the fine taste of the aristocracy. So every couple of doses of butt food, the doctor would drop it a shot of whiskey and some opium. <laughs> I've always wondered what uh, I've always wondered what Huel was, and uh, now, now I think I know. <laughs> this whole thing is Huel. <laughs> now, for people who are unaware of how the human body works, and Francis has already alluded to this, this does not feed people. Uh, and what? your body, now pressurized with meat and blood from a small hand-powered pump, being powered by a man named Doctor, will eventually eject whatever is forced into your body. What goes up um, must come down. Now, hey. that's actually why he added the opium. It wasn't for the uh, anesthetic purposes. It was to hope to like uh, relax con- the butt muscles. <laughs> I mean, um, but opiates constipate you. Yeah, well, he was hoping it would fire back into his face. <laughs> so, like, if you've ever seen Jackass when Johnny Knoxville got a colonic and water immediately started shooting out of his ass when he was done. So, I guess what I'm saying is the president violently shat meat and blood across the White House room <laughs> he was being treated in. Do we know what room this was? Like, I would love for this to be the fucking, like, what became the Oval Office. 
I, that would be amazing. Every hot day, it just kind of smells like raw beef and shit. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's got the old Garfield aesthetic. There's like a certain stain on the floor that like the first day of, that you're in office, you just like are told not to ask about. <laughs> it's historical. We can't take it out. <laughs> it's historical, but we don't like to talk about it. <laughs> now... If you're thinking that dissuaded from dear Dr. Dr. Bliss from continuing this treatment, you would be wrong. He did this over and over again. And the screams of pain from the dying president and the unbridled horror of his family did nothing to stop him. I'm surprised nobody has shot this doctor by now. No, I mean, like, he's assuming, like, as he's violently butt vomiting out all of this beef. He's like, ah, he's keeping some of it. He looks good. He's like, he's getting his pallor back. Uh, now, he's if you're thinking cheeks from just explosively, just like shitting all over the fucking, like all over the white house, he'll shit out the bullet eventually. <laughs> like, meanwhile, now, like whatever poor fucking dude who shot him in the first place is probably just like, look, I didn't do anything nearly this fucking bad. Like, okay, so no shit. When this, we'll talk about this guy's trial. Um, <laughs> he kind of brings that up. Uh, <laughs> um, so if this wasn't all bad enough, uh, while he was butt feeding the president, uh, he decided to cut into him again in one last attempt to find the bullet, which failed. It is now September, <laughs> several months after Garfield had been shot, and somehow had he not died yet, but he's rapidly circling the drain due to all of this infection and butt feeding, probably. I don't know. Bliss, Screaming, however... kill me just over and over again every fucking day. For the love of God, somebody shoot me again! <laughs> Execute Charles Guteau for not shooting me in the head. Uh, Bliss, however, was optimistic telling the president that he was out of the woods and then released this information to the public, saying that the president was on the mend. Thankfully, that would never happen again either. <laughs> well, this must have been a real shock to everyone involved when the president died 10 days later and Chester A. Arthur became president. <laughs> Come on, big money, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy. <laughs> I, I mean, imagine Chester A. Arthur's already been kind of running things for the last couple of uh, couple of months. He has, and when he learned that the president died, he was like, "Oh, finally, it's over." <laughs> like he was finally, like, uh, "I can, I can draw the big paycheck for this." Like Garfield and Arthur were like good friends and coworkers, which is like at at the time not always the case between president and vice president. Yeah, uh, but like. He was upset to hear him die, but also relieved that his suffering was over. Because, like, yeah. well, you can only everybody think about, like, the in last the time that he went to go visit him was probably just, like, you know, just, like, Garfield just, like, explosively shitting out of his fucking ass. And, like, <laughs> oh, he, with, like, you uh, know, with, like, a fucking two-foot-long, like, incision in his stomach. Like, as, you know, his doctor doctor is, like, just fisting his fucking liver. Just vigorously, yeah. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, like, if you're going to go visit the president, do it before lunch. <laughs> you do not want to have a working lunch with the president right now. I'll have what he's having. Um, like uh, the president had, had actually held one government meeting during all of this, and it was like the first week. Um, and I don't think Chester A. Arthur saw him a single time after that because, like, that room had to smell like fucking 
death. <laughs> like carpet steamers hadn't been invented yet. Like Febreze is hundreds of years off. Um, nobody's <laughs> even. Yeah. Nobody's even thought of like the shitty college guy uh, thing of like putting a dryer sheet over a fan when you're smoking weed yet. <laughs> They're just like pouring more opium over it. <laughs> just like hoping that somehow like anesthetizes it makes it smell better now um uh, bliss conducted an autopsy on the president uh and conduct and concluded that the president died of blood poisoning from the bullet however at this point nobody fucking believed him anymore um a, a second one uh a second autopsy not done by bliss showed that the president died from sepsis uh because yeah of course he died from fucking because sepsis. Because of all the sepsis that was on him. <laughs> he wouldn't have died if it wasn't for all this sepsis. Um, oh, who put all at, this sepsis here? Oh, what the f- Where did you put this end, here? President Garfield rises from his bed and it's just his skin full of writhing infection. <laughs> like something from fucking Warhammer 40k. And he's like, I am president for life now. <laughs> and actually, he legally changed his name to Donald John Trump. Oh! Uh, and he's just a walking sack of infection. Um, now I had to get my shitty lib joke out of the way, uh, cause we've been cheerleading his death for the last hour and a half. Um, now, uh, not only did he die from sepsis, but they found out that bliss was going in so blind when he was, uh, fingering his wound and his drive to find the bullet, which he never found. He created a completely false wound track in multiple different directions. At one point, he fingered his insides so hard, he ruptured his bladder. Ugh. Which also probably, you know, helped with all the sepsis. Um, and we already talked about why the, uh, the, the Alexander Graham Bell's invention did not work. Um, but yeah, uh, at that point, Bell was pissed off because like when this happened... Um, Bliss is being very, 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 very public with everything. So he's like, Alexander Graham Bell was useless to me. His invention was pointless. So like, Bell was like, fuck that. I'm going to prove him wrong. And like the, his invention worked like all the time when used correctly. Um, uh, also after this, Bliss published an entire pamphlet on forcing food up people's asses as a medical treatment. (laughs) It was considered good and solid medicine until 1913. Um, Though uh, tests on it, because like rectal hydration is a thing, and so it like there there is ways that you can put vitamins like desperately need vitamins and fluids rectally on a patient, but not food, <laughs> not not um, not bone broth. No, no, that's only if you do CrossFit. Um, uh, so after this happened, Bliss, like any other good capitalist, submitted his bill to the government to be paid for his treatment for the president. Um, the government was not enthusiastic about the medical treatment given to the president. Um, and by this point, everybody's doing the gentlemanly thing and kind of like keeping it on the down low. Like, we'll, we'll not drag you in public. Yeah. But like Bliss wanted an exorbitant amount of money for his treatment. Um, so the, the, the huh. government... Bone broth Instead, doesn't come cheap, motherfuckers. Like- <laughs> yeah, I, I spent all my own pocket money on beef. Um, <laughs> Do you have any idea how much beef I fit up President Garfield's ass? Um, so the government began to legally explore ways how to get away with not paying him at all. Um, Sounds about right. The, yeah, which like in this point, I'm kind of on the side of. Um, 
the fight with the government between government and, and Bliss went public and the government was very open with how terrible they thought the medical treatment was and Bliss's reputation was ruined. Um, to save what remained of his uh, professional reputation, he published a book titled Excerpts from the Opinions of Distinguished Medical Men in This and Other Countries Justifying the Treatment of the Late President Garfield, a title that truly <laughs> rolls off the tongue. Um, this book was like oh, like the, pr- the Project Veritas of its day because he simply looked up quotes from other magazines of people talking about him negatively and pulled out specific sentences that out of context looked like they were positive. And then he published it. That's a um, hell of a move. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, the man was just a poster and you have to respect that. And like argue like his argument was like, yeah, the president died, but he was always going to die anyway. So like whatever I did to him really didn't matter, which is like a really weird argument to have. Um, and then he died penniless and, and ruined uh, a couple of years, like about a decade later. Um, his assassin, though, Guto went on trial in November of the same year. And uh, on his way to court, he dedicated, or sorry, he dictated his entire autobiography to a local journalist with, and ended with a personal ad for, quote, a nice Christian girl under the age of 30. <laughs> he was in his 40s at the time. Um, he, he was uh, apparently so out of it that he didn't realize the American public hated him despite someone attempting to murder him in prison and then uh, again attempting to murder him on his way to trial. Um, because like at the time murdering a president is very unpopular. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and like, like the same reason why like, uh, the, the, uh, was it guy who killed JFK got murdered too. You know, it, it, it was considered uncouth to shoot the most powerful man in the world for some reason. Um, now this is one of the first times in American <laughs> yeah, there's history. A line. I mean, yeah, uh, mm. Well, now um, shocks are our, our, our legal representative can uh, maybe speak on this a little more, but uh, even though you're not a criminal defense attorney, but uh, this is one of the first times in American history that someone uh, someone's defense was not guilty by reason of insanity. Hmm. And um, for one of many of the first times in American history, the court rejected it because justice sometimes just looks a lot like revenge. Um, like yeah. Guto was very obviously not well. <laughs> like he danced and sang as he went to the gallows and requested an orchestra to play while he was executed. Unfortunately, that was turned down because that would be metal as fuck. Well, um, I mean, uh, was it um, what was the what's the name of the guy who shot uh oh Hinckley, the guy who shot Reagan? Yeah, yeah. Like so, I mean, I can't Did speak it for I, uh, Judy. Uh, was it uh, uh, fuck? What was the actress's name? Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. That's right. Yeah. Uh, like I can't speak, uh, you know, to Garfield, but I could say like a hundred years later about uh, when Hinckley shot Reagan. You know, part of the reason why he I actually think he recently got released from the uh, the asylum that he was put into afterwards. Yeah, he gets supervised releases now. <laughs> yeah, but it, but essentially, like uh, they actually changed the. Um, like the legal rules of evidence around witness, like around um, uh, medical like testimony and related to like the state of mind of a defendant after he got off, like literally just to make sure that no one could ever, you know, escape the death penalty again by doing what he did, which all of which is to say that like, you know, to, you know, kind of changing the rules when it's the president who's the murder victim is like, you know, something that is a, at this point, like an American tradition with like a hundred year history. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, yeah, he was executed by hanging on uh, June 30th, 1882. Uh, they wanted to execute him before the one-year anniversary of when he shot the president. And uh, like when he was on trial, he's uh, one of his arguments was, I didn't kill the president. I only shot him. The doctors killed him. That's like, oh, well done. You, you actually <laughs> pretty, pretty solid dunk on old Dr. Bliss there. Um, yeah. Um, so this episode stretched on a really long time um, because it's fucking outstanding. But we do a thing on the show called Questions from the Legion. And we have our question from the Legion today is we almost universally cover awful things on this show. Like we just talked about the gruesome death of an American president um, as boarded on torture. Last time we talked about a war crime. We, uh, all of our episodes generally involve someone dying. So our, our question from the Legion today is what is something good that is happening in your life right now? Like, give me a positive. Um, so did anybody want to take that one? I got to think. Uh, I mean, I'm getting out of the army in, in a month. That's fun. And I don't know, like it's, I got a wife and a kid, so it's not like super depressing for me, I guess, to be left inside. <laughs> um, Shocks, you got one? <laughs> uh, fuck. I don't fucking know. The last couple of years have sucked even before this. And like, uh, I got to admit, 2020 kind of kicked my ass. I'd say, you know, my, my new job that I have is pretty solid. Um, you know, I mean, uh, I, you know, I got, I, I got to go with like sailing a bunch of summer with my cousin and like, you know, his family and everything. And that was pretty good. Um, you know, it's, you gotta, you guys try to find like the, you know, the little nice things where you can. Um, cause like Lord knows a lot of shit's really fucking difficult and it's real hard to like stay positive right now. And I don't like fault anyone for it really, which is like, not really like a, I guess not really like a, uh, um, a positive point, but more just, you know. It's fucking hard, you know? Yeah, it, it is. Uh, Shock's positive point is sometimes it's okay to let the darkness take over. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, and I, like, I think that's part of it, though, is, you know, like, I think it's important to realize that, like, everyone's, like, fucking struggling. Everything fucking sucks right now. And that, uh, you know, not to, like, turn this into too much of, like, an after, you know, after uh, school TV special. But, uh, you know, it's, like, it's okay to admit that, like, shit really fucking sucks. And if, you know, you need to, like... I mean, I'll be honest with it. I've been like investigating like, you know, like counselors and therapists and shit just because, you know, like even before this, you know, like I had, uh, you know, some bad stuff go on with my family and, you know, had uh, no other different reverses. And it can be real fucking difficult to try and deal with all that shit. And you shouldn't have to do it alone. Yeah. And, and it's a lot harder to deal with when we're all locked inside. And like, I mean, I'm on an island on the other side of the country from you guys. So, like, I was never going to be able to, like, chill out with you anytime soon. But, like, you know, we could all see our friends and decompress or whatever. And that's why, like, I guess my bright side is nothing to do with anything in person because my fucking book outsold Noam Chomsky. And that's rad <laughs> as a motherfucker. <laughs> now everybody has to send Joe emails when they have dumb lefty questions. I, and you're going to get a terrible response. It's, it's going to be just as bad as Noam Chomsky's responses. I might just send you a picture of my feet. Um, but thanks going to be the, cur the currency after uh, after the world falls apart. Only feet only feet pics. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, finally, Wiki feet will reign supreme. Uh, so as always, you guys, thanks for being on the show. 
Um, if you listen to this show, you should be listening to Hell of the Way to Die already. But if you're not, fucking listen to it. Um, and uh, I, you know, thanks guys for stopping by again. Thank you for talking entirely too long with me about shoving food <laughs> up another man's ass. Uh, you know, there's there's only so many times in your life you can thank another grown man for that, which is zero times. Um, but today we got one. Um, and uh, until next time, don't shove beef up your ass. Yeah, don't just don't don't do it. And uh, if anyone on the Discord wants to know, I have a, do have a, uh, a a humorous story or two about buck chugging. So uh, you know, <laughs> uh, if if you add me at some point, I'll tell you my uh, my funny stories about butt chugging. So yeah, at shocks DM <laughs> butt chugging, and we we will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>